is this where we're supposed to meet the guy? You know, this is like a block away from the corner where I meet my Halo dealer. This is the spot, all right. <clears throat> Something's not right here. Maybe they're late. Probably should settle in for a bit. What? What the? I was just leaning over here. Oh my gods, is that a body? Certainly looks that way. Yeah, it looks fresh. Yeah, one time I found this guy that'd been dead for a while. It looked pretty gross. Yeah, the, the body is still warm. Guys, I think this might have been our contact. Does he still got our money? Good thinking. If the money's gone, this was probably a mugging gone bad. Ah, uh, yeah, that's it. Go do some detectiving. I really, really just really wish I could get paid for this lot of trouble. Uh, hey guys, I found a briefcase. Uh, it feels like it's full of gold. Ah, yeah, it's full of gold. Sweet, at least we're still getting paid. Hey, shut up. This is not a joke. He's been stabbed in the back. Yeah, that ain't good. I don't like this one one bit. Hey, what's not to love? We got a briefcase full of gold and whatever's in this briefcase. I bet we can sell it for another briefcase full of gold. Double our profits. How many times do I have to tell you to shut up? We need to go. Now. Yeah, I, th- I think that might be best. Welcome to Magic Proving Grounds, the only Magic the Gathering podcast that proves you can make a podcast with no power whilst sitting in the dark in your basement. How's everybody doing today? How you doing? That's me. You described me. Yep. I'm sitting in my basement with no power. And, and, and no pants. Oh, if, well, to well, be yeah, fair, it's dark. When the power goes off, pants. your pants go off. <laughs> yeah, it's too hot out, man. Did not need to know yeah. that about yeah. you. Yeah, power goes out, out, no AC, you strip down. I had to unplug my freezer for this. Um, <laughs> so other than your power being on, how you doing, uh, co-host Ben? Um, pretty good. I've been kind of busy. We had some unexpected stuff come up. So apologies for not having the... Episode last week. Uh, I w- I am kind of. We are working on uh, maybe filling in that gap, giving the episode later in a special way. So special way, the No Pants Podcast. <laughs> this no. week on a very special podcast, Ben has no pants. Uh, so how are you doing this evening, other Dave? Oh, I'm doing great. It's been a good couple weeks i got to play a good bit of magic i did a couple drafts almost got the full prizes on arena for those drafts six wins both times oh man so close great yeah. job the first one really upset me i got to six wins and i only had only lost once so i still had two losses left and then i lost two times in a row oh man but, that's uh, that's rough i feel but, for you what can you do Keep it's limited trying. and my opponents just had the perfect hands and sometimes that just happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically the only way I win is that I've got the best hand I could possibly get, <laughs> and they have the worst hand they could possibly get. It's kind of got a few wins. Anyways, I am also your host, Dave. The other 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 Dave. Moderator Dave, if you will. Uh, since I run Inferior Dave. Well, you know, I have to let oh, you... Oh, sorry, I forgot. You have an official title now. It's Dave Inferior. Mm been blessed by the pope or something right (laughs) yes the pope of magic so let's just dig right into the news we'll celebrate if vince power comes back on and uh let's just do uh this first story Uh, why don't you take that one other dave superior dave dave superior my name's also been blessed by the pope now uh no i feel it out (laughs) so seth mckinnon one of my favorite Magic the Gathering artist, and a lot of people's favorite Magic, Magic the Gathering artist, is killed it on numerous pieces of artwork, is doing a comic book cover 
for Poison Ivy. It is a 1 in 50 incentive, which means that your comic book store needs to order 50 copies to be eligible to receive it. But it is a beautiful cover for Poison Ivy. So if you are into Seb McKinnon art, it's probably worth looking that up when it comes out. It will probably go for a pretty penny. But check yes. with your local comic book store, see if any of them get it. Uh, I've seen it. I, I will look on it. We have a, a link to the tweet where he announced it. If you guys would like to see the cover, it's very whimsical. I like it a lot. Yeah, he's a good artist. I like it. Check it out, and then we'll move on to uh, the next story, which is... It's also me. Uh, yeah. I'll take this one. I think this is the first time that this has happened, but I am not 100% sure. Last week, May 25th, Magic Gathering Hidden Planeswalker comic book issue 2 came out where they talk about a new planeswalker named Maeve the Looking Glass from a plane, I believe, called A-Can or I-Can. I don't know how you say it. So to the best of my knowledge, I could not find any card references to Maeve or the plane A-Can. So I believe this is the first time they've introduced a planeswalker through the comic books, although I have not read the older comic books, so I can't be 100% sure of that. Uh, you only see her for a second at the end, but they do talk about her a little bit as someone who uses prismatic magic. So I think there's a possibility that she could be a five-color planeswalker. Ooh. She comes from a plane that was destroyed by Merit Lage, and they find Liliana finds her there and breaks her out of the glass at the end of the comic, or breaks her out of the ice, sorry, not glass. Mm -hmm. uh, and she attacks Tezzeret, and that's how the comic book ends, but... First look at a new Planeswalker through a comic book. Could be something to look forward to in the cards. I don't know yet. Interesting. I thought that was interesting enough for us to talk about. Merit Lage is still on Dominaria sleeping, right? Um, I like her. Is it a her? Is it a thing? It's an unfathomable horror, but not an Eldrazi, Merit Lage. I do not know if the current run of comic books is considered canon or not. But in the current run of the regular Magic the Gathering comic books, they lure her to, because she's going to attack Ravnica, and then they lure her to, what's the Planeswalker where, uh, or the Plane, Amonkhet. They lure to Amonkhet where everyone died. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And trap her on Amonkhet. Ooh, that's a good move. There's some, uh, I don't read the comics, but so there's some pretty good story there. I take it. Yeah, I enjoy it. It's well-written. The art's nice. Is this uh, story quality? I did really like those books. I hesitate to say it's that good since it hasn't ended, and so I can't really tell you how it ties up. But there are a lot of threads. There are a lot of moving parts. It has been interesting. You have seen a lot of fan-favorite Planeswalkers through the journey, so there's good uh, fan support in there. Uh, as long as it sticks the landing, I think it could compare to the books. Oh, man. We're making it hard. I mean, I just want to go get this stuff then. I've got a lot of expensive hobbies. Try to keep my comic books to a minimum. <laughs> um, but uh, I think we should move on before I start to Jones for comic <laughs> purchases yeah. and uh, cover the arena magic announcements. Yeah, magic storylines in comic books. Almost too good to pass up. Uh, let's go and move on to the uh, May 25th arena announcements. A little late because of the last podcast not coming out, but we're going to cover them because I think they're kind of interesting. Specifically, we're going to talk about uh, first the alchemy changes and uh, get your opinion on them. I think the the top changes that I saw from the article were that the rarity distribution has changed. So in the past... A lot of the alchemy cards were rare and above, which caused, you know, people to be really salty about the fact that they had to buy a lot of packs to get the alchemy cards that they wanted, or they had to craft a lot of alchemy cards that they wanted because they were all rare, and rares are the hardest uh, wild card to uh, obtain because that's where all the, that's the sweet spot, as we all know. Um, so they've decided to distribute the alchemy cards more at common. Uh, uh, uncommon rather than rare, so that they're a little easier to get. So, two things. Yes. So, they're making cards more uncommon for alchemy, so they don't have to spend as many wild cards on them. Yeah. So the the i 
the idea that they're going for is that rather than having to craft however many rares, which was in the past, it was mostly rare, you'll be crafting more uncommons and less rares to get the alchemy cards you need. Gotcha. Which is a good change, but I wonder how much that is belying the state of alchemy and how good it is doing monetarily for them. Me- meaning that, that it's not really picking up, it's not taking on, they're not getting a lot of players in alchemy. So is, 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 do you think that's the reason why it's being, the rarity is being lowered, make oh, it more accessible kind of thing? Personally, for sure. I think there's not enough people playing alchemy to warrant making alchemy a thing. So they're trying to make it more accessible for people to... Yeah, so they don't have a there are a lot of people who are not a fan of alchemy and who do not want to put their resources into it. So that's a good change. I mean, but again, uh, it's, I feel it's like the writings on the wall for alchemy. Maybe that might be a bold statement, but if the case is that they started alchemy less than six months ago or just six months ago, and they are now just like, Oh no, we have to lower everything down because nobody's playing it. And they're foregoing like their money pit then that's bad news for, for the alchemy as a whole. Good news for us. I, I feel like it's a real shame because I, I think with Magic Arena, you could do some really interesting things with alchemy and really make it something different and unique and fun uh, because there are a lot of things about it that I do like. Mm-hmm. I just I don't feel like it's been well executed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a handful of cards from alchemy that I like. For example, I can't remember the name right off the top of my head, but it's the uh, Hedge Witch, I think is what it's called, or something witch that is black, uh, one drop black card that when it dies, you draft a spell from the spell book, and then it's a selection of cards that you get randomly that you get to pick from. That's a neat mechanic that I like a lot. Um, so those cards are interesting, but... Like, I drafted that deck because it just happened to be one I pulled off the internet and then crafted that particular card for it. I'm not going out of my way to uh, look at alchemy stuff on its own because, like, what's the point, you know? Yeah, there was a white card that I really liked when I messed around with it. Um, I think it searched up two random one-cost creatures in your deck and put them into play. Oh, is it the lieutenant guy or the commander? Yeah. The white commander guy. Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with him. This could be the move that they need to do because it shouldn't be prohibitively expensive for people to try to get in on it. And, you know, like, I think people's hesitance is based on, like, well, if I buy these cards and then they're good and then they change them, now they're bad and I've spent all of this, all these resources on it. So if they can make that resource hit a little less intense, then I think people might pick up on it more. I think the convincing people who are typically like paper magic players are people that came in from that space that the digital only stuff is worth getting into, especially when it's so much more than what you're already getting to get the stuff that you want. That barrier for entry is too high for a lot of people. Changing a magic player's opinion is not easy. Yeah, especially when the entry cost is crafting rares or buying packs till you get the rares you want. It's a big ask. Oh, hey, I'm supposed to remind you before the end of the podcast to plug your freezer back in. Yeah, you should do it uh, closer to the end of the podcast. You didn't say that. You just said before it ends. Your sign-off this episode needs to be reminding me to uh, (laughs) plug in my freezer. Anyhow, so uh, moving on, unless you guys have anything else to say about the rarity distribution changes we'll just uh, speed through some of the other changes to alchemy and the client itself i think that you ben will appreciate this a lot because i remember sitting here waiting for you to figure out which card you needed to remove from your deck and put back in so that you could play a standard match with me uh in direct challenge mode and that is that alchemy cards are now hot swappable What that means is that if you're joining a format like Standard, where there is a paper equivalent to an alchemy card that you have in your deck, the client will automatically take out the alchemy version and put in the Standard version so that you don't have to dig through your deck and figure out which one was the one that you needed to 
pull out and put back in. Or have two separate decks, one based on alchemy and one not. Yes, that too. Yeah. Um, so Goldspan Dragon, if it's in your deck, if you play an alchemy thing, it's the alchemy version. If it's the stand, if you're playing a standard event, then it's automatically switches to the standard version, so you don't have to mess with that. Because I never got that deck working. Yeah, they fixed that. That's well, that's how it's supposed to work now. That's a good change. Yep, and um, I think we should note that if there is no direct standard legal equivalent to the alchemy card, then it obviously doesn't do that because there's nothing to replace it for. So you right, know. like town razor tyrant. Yeah. So if you've got a card that exists only in alchemy, it will not hot swap it out for you. And then another change to the client that's quality of life stuff is that craft all button and the delete your deck button apparently were confusing people. It apparently was a big enough problem for people that they restyled and rearranged those buttons to prevent the misclicks from, you know, yeah. burning all your wild cards on a deck you were really trying to delete. Was this, intent, was this an accident or was this working as designed and everybody complained about it? Well, I don't know. Don't want to get tinfoil hat. Put your tinfoil hats on. These kind of things just shows me that they are paying attention to what people want, which is good. Yep. This is the thing that I didn't know I wanted, but definitely want this next coming change. Are they paying attention to what people wanted when they made the Dark Alliance video game? No. No, they weren't. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what that is, man. It's Dritzt and Caterbury and Burner and Wolfgar all in a video game. You can play with four people, one of each. Oh. It was bad. Probably why I never heard about it. Nobody ever bothered to like it enough to tell me about it. <laughs> Makes me sad. Okay, so seriously, though, I was like getting all gushing about this next change, and you guys are chit-chatting about a video game that is definitively not magic. Hey, uh, they have cards. Each one of those characters have magic cards. Magic adjacent. Yeah, technically correct. Mm. Yeah, technically it is one of the planes of magic now, so. Yeah. We were playing a magic video game. Okay. You, you guys can't see my face, but giving y'all the side eye. Um, anyways, as I was saying, this next change is the change I, I didn't know I wanted, but definitely need. And I don't accept is, your side eye, but if you're going to give me a little bit of side boob, <laughs> and sign me up. You have some pretty nice man boobs, if I don't say so myself. Not to brag. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Starter deck folders and tabs. It's probably more of a foldery tab. Thank God. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. They have some really good ideas that they give you for free, and I'm like, hey, this is cool. I can use this. But now my whole deck list is filled with these starter decks, and I don't have to choose which ones I want to delete. That's yeah. bad. Or you make one and get a new one, and it gets hidden between all these starter decks. You have to search for it. Nothing chaps my butt more than having to like dig through all the starter decks to find my janky homebrews. I even started uh, naming my decks like AA dash and the name of deck. It like stays at the top. Nice. Well, now you won't have to because you have a, a deck dedicated to starter decks and a folder dedicated to brews. You think this Excellent. might expand to separate formats? That would be cool. Oh, yeah. I bet it will. Seems like a natural evolution, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, already tech in the game. MTGO has had this ability to filter out by type for a while. For like probably ever. I don't know. I wasn't around yeah, in 99 when it started. Just an Excel spreadsheet being visualized. Hey, this one's over here in this group. This one's over there in that group. Let's put the spreadsheets do best, man. On to the last little chunk of news, and then we'll move on to. Uh, you guys want to talk about the Arena Championship here in a minute? Then we'll move might. on to you plugging in your freezer. Yes. Live on the podcast so that people can hear. do. We should do it live. And then they'll be like firing up the jet engine. It'll be amazing. Uh, Get those nipples cold for the side boob shot. Well, of course. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, you're making. I really know how to devolve a podcast. You do. That's why you're here. Just thinking the same things. <laughs> All right. Seriously, though, I'm trying to moderate. You guys are making it difficult. Oh. Okay. So let's talk about. The new Capena Championship, it happened, was it last weekend? The 20th, I think. The 20th, so. The 20th. 
That was before we had to. Okay, so that happened before we had to delay last week's podcast. Ben, you have a story you want to talk about related to this? As probably most of the internets or people that were paying attention to this, I was kind of following the Naya Agra deck. Isamichi Yoshigo brought his little homebrew deck that he took all the way up to third place. I just thought it was a neat and heartwarming story that shows that everyone can qualify for these things if you try, I guess. As the story goes, this guy homebrewed a deck and took it to his, you know, local event just to, you know, test it out and play it and ended up winning and didn't know that it was a qualifying event for the New Capenna Open. And then subsequently qualified for said event and took it all the way to third place. As as a person who, you know, I pay a lot of attention to the meta and things surrounding the meta. It's nice to see the old ways of magic where you just homebrew a deck and then just you know jam it with your friends. A similar thing happened on a higher competitive level. This this uh, story sounds like something I would do where I'm accidentally enter the wrong event, but like not win. Yeah, I I'd heard uh, rumblings about about this story too, so I thought it was kind of heartwarming. Myself, very cool. Yeah, and I think it's a hopeful thing for people because I, I do hear a lot of, well, if I don't have a meta deck, I might, might as well not even go to this event because I'm not going to win, so it doesn't matter. But this guy showed that you actually can just, you know, homebrew a deck. I guess Magic has gotten to the point, it seems, where you have a meta deck and you switch one or two cards to kind of combat another meta deck or what the current meta state is right now. And people have accepted that that's how it is. But this guy <laughs> obviously is showing us it's possible just to, you know, jam some cards. No, no, I've got it's a cool story. I, it's always interesting to hear someone who grabs some sort of success. Any kind of new blood is welcome because it, it feels like uh, magic tournaments have been somewhat stagnant for a while in terms of who's in them and, and how they get into them. Hopefully the uh, the new scheme helps shake things up a bit, too. Um, yes, so- scheme. Pyramid shape. <laughs> yeah, because when you know, it starts with a lot of people and they get narrowed down to a smaller base, smaller yeah. base, the pyramid. Very top, there's the winner. Move on to Baldur's Gate spoilers. We do this or have done this for the last two sets rather than it totally and utterly exhaust y'all with every card in the entire set where you just sit around and yammer about it. We and selected, if you will, a few cards from the Boulder Skate set that we all like for our own weird reasons. And we're just going to go over them and uh, talk about them. And you guys are welcome to come along for the ride. Let's get started. Which one of y'all wants to go first? I think the guy with no internet should go for. I'm kidding. Uh. <laughs> um, I, I actually have it. I have it pulled up. That's okay. Uh, if you are ready, feel free to take the reins. Sure. I just uh, wanted, I'll just lump them all together. The ancient dragons, The there's one of each color. I, I, I like the play for a commander play style that these are promising. Uh, they seem pretty interesting. We'll talk about ancient copper dragon. It's four colorless, two red elder dragon creature. It's a six, five flying. Whenever Ancient Copper Dragon deals combat damage to a player, roll a d20. You create a number of treasure tokens equal to the result. So each of the dragons have, if you deal combat damage to a player, roll a d20. And then the difference is what happens based on the number that you roll. So, so for the Copper Dragon, it's create a number of treasure tokens equal to the result. And that sounds pretty busted to me. Yeah, uh, Well, potentially pretty, busted. <laughs> it's pretty sick. If you have this in a uh, Goldspan Dragon out, you could potentially be uh, dropping 40 tokens on the battlefield all at once. Well, it's 20, but they would tap for 40 mana. Oh, no, I'm thinking Zorn. You're right. Yeah, Zorn um, would only Zorn. create max 21 with this. Yeah, but, but it's 40, way, I mean, double the mana with uh, Goldspan. Yeah. yeah, as we showed with That's our treasure... Saying token challenge with bootlegger stash you can do some wild stuff with <laughs> treasure tokens even du- aside from just the mana doubling season would still double it right I believe so because that's any token right doubling season doubling seasoning mm, tasty du- doubling giving season. you ideas aren't i yes yeah and the black one is basically you reanimate that many <laughs> uh number of creature cards 
with total man value equal to that X from graveyards onto the battlefield. So uh, you can pick things from other people in your commander mm. tables, graveyards also. So yeah, they, they do different things. I just thought that especially the Copper Dragon stood out to me as super good. Yeah. Proof that you can like your dragons just like you like your women as elders. It's okay. No king shame. Mm-hmm. Thought about it really hard for a second, but it's probably best we drop it. Instead of breaking your heart, I'll break your hip. <laughs> Don't go breaking my hip. Uh, what's your uh, first pick of the set there, other Dave? Uh, so I really, I, I am intrigued by this background subset, I guess, however you would word it. And I really like the criminal past one that gives them menace and uh, the creature gets plus X plus O where X is the number of creature cards in your graveyard. I feel like that has the opportunity to get really out of hand in commander. And I think if it was just one of those abilities by themselves, I wouldn't like it as much, but menace combined with the additional attack power makes it harder to block. I, I find that one very interesting. Let me ask a question about the background to make sure I fully understand that you can have a commander who has the term background, kind of like partner, but it says background. And with that, you can have a card, which is like a legendary enchantment background that you can cast from your command zone like a commander? Yes. And also, it alters the commander's color identity. So if you have a, for example, mono green commander, and you have selected criminal past as your commander's background, you can now cast green and black cards. Oh, okay. That's neat. That's how they work, and I think it's a very cool mechanic, and um, at this point in time, it might be a little underrated as far as how fun it will be. That remains to be seen. I will tell you about my first card pick, and that is uh, uh, Astron's Thirst Trap. I mean, I'm sorry. Astron's Thirst. It's a uh, three and a black instant exile target creature. Put X plus one plus one counters on a commander creature you control where X is the power of the creature exiled this way. I think that's a pretty cool card. Uh, I also think that, that it is definitely got some pretty good art. So, uh, yeah. Good pick. He looks like he's enjoying that vampire bite. He does. He's like... He's definitely enjoying it. (laughs) Um, No doubt. Have you guys... Become a vampire now. Have you guys watched any uh, True Blood? I watched like 37 minutes of the first episode. It was like the next... (laughs) It's all right. Yeah, but they've got the the vampire groupie type people. I imagine that might be a vampire groupie. Yep. That's how I interpret it. On to the next pick. Let's talk about something they don't usually do. I think prior to this there's only one in existence, right? Planeswalker Commander? Um, they have a handful. Um, they released oh, some okay. in, uh, what was it? Commander 2014. All of the commanders were Planeswalkers, and then again in, uh, what, 18? Once again, I was wrong. So anyway, there's a new one. Not surprising. There's two new ones, but I'll talk about Tasha the Witch Queen. Tasha is a character, a very powerful mage from the Dungeons and Dragons universe. Uh, it's really cool. She has some cool spells. She has books written after her. So I think it's cool that they made her a card. She's a legendary planeswalker, Tasha. She costs one black, one blue, and three colorless. Whenever you cast a spell you don't own, get a 3-3 black demon creature token. The plus one is draw a card for each opponent. Exile up to one target instant or sorcery card from that player's graveyard and put a page counter on it. For minus three, you may cast a spell from among cards in exile with page counters on them without paying its mana cost. She has four starting levels. So yeah, that's pretty cool. You drop her, then plus one, grab a card from somebody else and exile it from the graveyard. And then uh, you can minus it and then cast any one of those spells that you uh, pull and then simultaneously make a demon token. Seems pretty good. It's in the mirror collars too, so there's a lot of graveyard trickery you can do with that that synergizes in your commander deck. Free spells and demons. The Thief of Sanity. Yes. Colors. There's a ton of stuff you can use, but Thief of Sanity is always my favorite. It's new other people's cards. Anytime I can beat you with your own cards, I'm going to try and do that. And then laugh. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a cool card. Uh, I like the art. I like the callback to uh, 
Dungeons and Dragons. Pretty nice. Amazing. They did that in the Dungeons and Dragons set. I know, right? It, it was very unexpected. Talk about subverting expectations. I was, so, just a background. I was always one of those people when they, when they made a creature card or a legendary card that was like a character in the books. I like wanted to collect it. I wanted to have that. Now they do it all the time. This yeah. is back in like Ursus Legacy and stuff. Uh, way back in the day. Now it's like a main feature of magic is that they're reprinting these planeswalkers since they, you know, formed the gate watch. And now they have planeswalkers that continue from plane to plane in the story. So you're familiar. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I, so that's not as big, but it, but it is nice to see the D and D ones in here that I can collect now too. Yeah. I always remember that you collected legendary creatures and, and characters. And I remember when uh, the first, Kamigawa came out, I was like, Ben's probably really glad he doesn't collect right now because there was like a million yeah. legendary creatures in that set. There was. Yes. Like everybody, every creature was legendary, wasn't it? Or no. it, wasn't, it wasn't every creature, but it was like 50% of them. It was a huge chunk of the creatures in that set were legendary. That's right, that's right. Very cool. Now I just have to collect the ones that are from the stories that I like. Like, uh, oh, I never got her, but uh, one of these days, I'm going to get the the Belby that they released in uh, whatever Commander sets you. My favorite character oh, yeah. from Apocalypse. Who? Belby. 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 I don't remember her. I know I read Apocalypse. She so. was well. She was. Uh, she was in Apocalypse. Was she in Apocalypse? She might have died before Apocalypse. I meant that whole. She was uh, Wrath, and uh, she was in Wrath. Oh, okay. In All Storm. Right. Yeah, I know you're talking about now. Wasn't she basically Thanos' daughter? Uh, she was like a completed elf yeah. that reported back to Yaga. But she was also good, though, but not good. Uh, yeah, she had a, a an arc where she was trying real hard to decide whether or not she was going to be good or not. And, yeah. yeah, okay. I still have all the Chainer cards because I had an affinity for him. Yeah, he was a cool character. His Modern Horizons 2 card is uh, supposedly a pretty good commander. The uh, Chainer Nightmare Death. Yeah, I have one of those. Yeah, Chainer was sweet. I need to read those again. Dang it. Hey, do you know what I just learned? But the whole uh, Odyssey uh, block, the two two blocks they did on Odyssey, Crosa uh-huh. uh, or whatever. Yeah, that's on Dominaria. You didn't, complain. you didn't know that? No, cause I think in the last podcast we did, I was we were talking about something. And I was like, oh, and whatever plane Odyssey took place on. But turns out it was Dominaria. Oh, I didn't. I would have told you it was on Dominaria. I didn't catch that. But that was it. Yeah, it was that's like, where the Marari is from. Yeah. Anyways, this concludes Magic Lore Nostalgia Corner. Let's get back to uh, Task at Hand, which is going over new cards. So, uh, other Dave, do you want to skip your turn since uh, Ben and straight up Jack to the uh, the card that you were going to talk about? Did you? Uh, yeah. Did I, I guess technically it's not cheating if you go first, but yeah, it was on his. It's all right. I know you don't have a oh, yeah, he, resources right now, so I don't I don't mind if you end up stealing one of mine. Sorry, I would have done Elminster if I would have done that. Cool. Put it oh, put it in the show that. notes and everything, man. <laughs> um, I'll just talk about a different card. I'll talk about I'll talk about the Wizards of Thay. I, I like them. They're referenced in the books a lot. You hear about them a lot. The three three for four. They have myriad, which is whenever this creature attacks for each opponent other than the defending player. You can create a token that's a copy of this creature that's tapped and attacking player planeswalker they control. Exile tokens at the end of combat. Instance and sorcery spells you cast cause one last to cast, and you may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash, mm. which is Ooh. absolutely insane. Yeah. Uh, I love casting sorceries as though they had flash. It's probably. Yeah. And then, I mean, you, you attack with them, you get a bunch of copies. As long as you're smart about who you're attacking, you know, in a four-player game, you're reducing the cost of your instants and sorceries by three. Plus, they have flash. I love it. That's, yeah, that sounds pretty uh, powerful. Instant speed, wrath of God. Just any time that I can do something that is typically sorcery speed as an instant, I, I love that mechanic. Because, like, even back when equipment was a thing, like, I remember I really liked the Shikari just because I could do equipment as an instant. Like, yeah, yeah, lightning greaves uh, and cranial plating. Yeah. You can do that stuff as an instant. Nice. I do it all day. Um, What's your next card, Dave? What's my next card? I, You guys seem to be having a moment. I wanted you guys to, to have your moment before we moved on. <laughs> We've had a lot of moments this podcast. Yes, so. Exactly. For a minute here, I struggled uh, my list becoming 
cool cards I just wanted to put in my commander deck. Bear with me. I mean, this is the best time to talk about cool cards you want to put in your commander deck while we're getting a commander set. That's true. But it's <laughs> Other sets, I, I might make fun of you for it, but right now. Yeah. It's just the one, September, though. You're it's probably not like, hard to get commander content in. Yeah. It's just the one deck, though. It's not like, I'm going to put this one in my one deck over here. It's just, this is the one, so. Um, <laughs> your one um, wall deck. Yeah. My wall It's going to be sick, man. I'm telling you. I'll hype it up, and then everybody's going to be like, this isn't actually that good, man. <laughs> anyway. I have faith in you. Um, Kindred Discovery is an enchantment. It's three blue-blue. As uh, Kindred Discovery enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Whenever a creature you control of the chosen type enters the battlefield or attacks, draw a card. So this Oof. is basic, nice tribal uh, add-in for blue. Obviously, when you're building Bant Wall, tribal, nice. Yeah. Um, so That's a super powerful card. I feel like you can break this pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's Commander. You can break everything pretty easily. That's true. For starters. It's Commander. If it's not broke, you're not trying hard enough. So I, that, that's mine. Like I said, great tribal card, in my humble opinion. So It seems like a very great card draw engine. I love card draw engines. That's all I'm going to say about it. Man, if all, I could, if all I could do is just draw cards all day, I would. What's funny is, on your deck, you're going to play this, and you're going to name Wall which have Defender, and then when you attack well, with them, you're going to draw a card. Yeah, that's the thing, because uh, so uh, Arcades, the strategist, lets creatures with Defender attack as though they don't have Defender, So yeah. and also use their toughness uh, yeah. in place of their power. So you're dropping, like, two drop creatures that are, like, zero five, and then attack yeah. for five. What's the, the one card. blue, one white? One colorless, the zero eight flying wall. I, I don't remember. That. I don't have that one off the top of my head. I mean, it's um, got to be in the deck, right? Well, I'm sure it is. Um, You're, you, are, you don't you don't sound very positive that it's in your own deck. So. I have like I'm putting it together. You know what? You're bullying me right now. I don't like it. So we're gonna move on. <laughs> well, I was just gonna ask what Arcades' colors were. Uh, Bant, so it's blue, white, green. Oh, okay, so, so yeah, you will put that wall in your deck, right? Yeah, I'm sure it's in there. I just don't know. <laughs> Hold off the top of my head. Because who's going to turn down a freaking zero eight wall, man? That's goofy. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, what's your next card? Um, I'm just going to do Elminster. Sure. He is also another character in D&D. He's a planeswalker that can be your commander. Nice. So much like Tasha. He is uh, three white blue. Whenever you scry, the next instant or sorcery spell you cast this turn costs X less to cast, where X is the number of cards looked at while trying this way. Sorry, my internet's really crappy, uh, and it was fuzzy. So you plus two, draw a card, then scry two. And then, as a result of his other ability, your next instant or sorcery spell would cost two less because you scry two. And then you can minus him. Uh, three, exile the top card of your library, create a number of 1-1 one, one blue fairy dragon creature tokens with flying equal to that card's mana value. So, in general, this is a pretty good uh, planeswalker, because you can pop it down and then make things to protect it. Unfortunately, it's draw a card and then scry two, and not scry two and then draw a card, uh, but that's probably a balance thing, because otherwise, what you would do is you'd scry, find your spell you want to cast, and then basically cast a really cheap spell. But anyway, this card is doing what you want to be doing as a glorious player anyway. You know, scrying, drawing, casting instants and sorceries for cheap. Uh, just helping you do that better than you normally would, which is super powered. What's the most you can scry off the, like, a card? What's the highest scry you can trigger off this? It's three, right? That's what me and, uh, while you were uh, late, um, me and yeah. other Dave were talking about this. Yeah, I would, I would guess three. Best case scenario is you get a free cost reduction. Wait, there's a scry X, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Other day pointed it out, but it's uh, a really cost. But anyway, reduction. yeah. Yeah. Usually, usually you're going to get two, but you could get three or two or one, and you could get three, I guess. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out what the, the, the reasonable top end of this card was for that ability. But if you scry multiple times, it should stack, right? Say you had a sorcery that costs like two black and eight. 
if you scried multiple times, those would cumulatively add up to eight, and then you cast a superpower spell for two black. Would it? I assume. It says whenever you scry the next instant or sorcery spell, cost X less, where X is the number of scrying, so each time you scry, it would just add to that okay. number, right? Reduce it each time. Ooh, there might I be some weird things. There's going to be that... day one judge rulings on this one. But yeah, you're probably <laughs> right, right? Yeah, there are a, a decent amount of scry X cards now that I am looking at this. Oh, cool. So, are they in blue and white? Probably. Kind of uh, actually, so the first one that I've seen here is in white and red. Oh, wild. I wouldn't have guessed that. Scry X, where X is the number of tapped artifacts you control. Mm. Oh, that's that the red sense. part. Yeah. That's the red part. Yeah. And then this is what I was talking about before the podcast was Diviner's Portent, which is a uh, Scry X, which is three blue and X. You roll a D20. Uh, <laughs> and if it's one to 14, you draw X cards. And if it's 15 plus, you Scry X, then draw X. That's cool. Yes, but that's pretty spendy. Yeah. Uh, Graven Lores, five, two blue, three colorless, Scry X, where X is the amount of snow mana spent to cast the spell, so that's a max of Scry five. Oh, and by the way, uh, the wall that you're looking for is Wall of Denial, and not only is it a zero eight flying wall for three, it also has not hexproof, but what came of Shroud. Shroud. Uh, Shroud. Yeah, I've got, yeah, that's in there, Wall of Denial. Yeah. It better be. Like, you go to EDH Rack and you're like, that's a sick card, that's a sick card. That's a sick card. You just make a list and then you, you you call them out. So that's how I do it, anyways. Your mileage may vary. Anyways, yes, Elminster seems like a neat card. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, yeah, let's do Baylor, everyone's favorite flame whip wielding demon. For five, two colors, three, or sorry, two red, three colors, you get a five, five flying demon. Whenever he attacks or dies, you can choose one or more. Each mode must target a different player. One mode is target opponent draws three cards and discards three at random. One is target opponent sacrifices a non-token artifact. The other one is Baylor deals damage to target opponent equal to the number of cards in their hand. All those are really nice abilities to have. Anything modal that's going to give me options, I always like. And I also like him in lore, too. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool. Uh, you've got you can choose one or more, and typically you have three opponents, and there's three choices, and you can uh, do some political stuff to see who wants what. Uh, if they take <laughs> yeah. out your guy. Pick who your wants poison. the damage to the face? Not me. I got twelve cards. Speaking of modal spells, we'll go ahead and do uh, my modal spell. Your temple is under attack. Is two and white, and it's choose one. Pray for protection. Creatures you control gain indestructible until end of the turn. Or strike a deal. You and a target opponent each draw two cards. I love these uh, the, these spells that they're doing for the for the D tie-ins, where you where is like a uh, encounter. You get to make a decision how you handle yeah. the the encounter. It's uh, very flavorful. So, is the purpose of this card like? Hey, if you don't attack me, I'll pick this modal on here and, and draw two cards. Because you're supposed to strike a deal, right? Uh yeah. I was looking at it purely from the uh, the D and D flavor, but that's that's actually kind of cool to look at it from. The it's actually screen. a really crappy card draw, but if you're talking in the concept of like, hey, don't attack me, I'll let you draw two cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually like, cool for a commander, you know. Yeah, because you're like. They're like, okay, I'm moving to my uh, attack phase. And then you're like, in my instance, don't attack me, and you can have two cards. I'm going to pick one, which I'm about to pick. You better decide if you're going to attack me or not. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to give my stuff indestructible. But if you want cards, I think it's cool. Yeah, I like that. In that regard. Getting the, getting the politics in my commander game. Otherwise, why are you playing if you're, if you're not because trying to make deals? I hate everybody and want them all to be miserable. Obviously, let's talk about your next pick, Ben. Um, I don't really have one to be honest. Not that they're bad. It's just you're sitting in the in the basement without any power, yeah. right? So There's something scurrying off to the side and wondering what it might be. I'm concealing my turn. There's actually a cricket down here that decided it wanted to show its ass or play its ass. One of the two. 
Tell Jiminy to go home. He's drunk. But yeah, I, I uh, concede my, my pick. All right. You got another one, or are we uh, out for the count there? Other days? Uh, I got one more here. This is more just because I like the character than it is because her card is interesting, but that's Amber Grissel Omaw. Mm-hmm. Three, three for haste for four. Whenever she attacks, you can discard your hand. If you do, you draw a card for each player being attacked. She can have a background as a second commander. That's yeah, a pretty, I like this card. That's a pretty nice ability right there, especially when considering that Merit's in the limited environment that this is going to be in. So, yeah. I think it's yeah. a very red ability as well. Discard your, your Yeah. You wheel cards. every time you attack. That's great. You get more spells to kill people with. Tasty. That's a nice pick. Well, I've got a couple, but I'm going to stick some together. The cards that they've done to represent D&D spells in this set are pretty cool. Stone Skin, which is two and a white. Flash, Enchant Creature. Enchanted Creature gets plus zero, plus ten. If everybody who's familiar with what Stone Skin does in, in D&D, I think this is a pretty good uh, representation for magic. Do you guys agree? I was looking up uh, this actual D&D spell Stone Skin, hoping that it was uh, at reaction speed and not action speed. And it's not. It's an action. Because this has flash. Ah, so it, it would have been flavorful even more. I wonder if they have, like, shield. Because shield is a reaction. They have made the shield card as flash. That would be cool. That sounds like 5e nonsense, man. What? Reactions? Yeah. They have bonus actions and stuff. No, I like, it's casting speed. I don't know, man. I didn't play sorcerers in freaking Dungeons and Dragons. You always bust the party before the, the, the dungeon, anyways. Any anyways, my personal favorite. The next spell, Cloud Kill, which is four black black sorcery. All creatures get negative X, negative X until end of turn, where X is the greatest mana value of a commander you own on the battlefield. Are in the command zone. So if you've got commander and then a background, you have theoretically it has to have background and then the highest cost background uh, you could get with the intention of never casting the background. You just want the demand. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So that you can cloud kill cloud huge, kill. but not, but have your commander when you want it. Just yeah. Have your commander when you want it. And then, um, you know, cloud kill with a, a, a pretty good X minus X minus X. Moving on to my pick for most flavorful card of the Baldur's Gate set, and that is a runaway... Does it taste like Halo? It does not. It, it tastes like love. It's called Runaway Together. It's a one and a blue instant. Choose two creatures controlled by two different players, return those creatures to their owner's hand. And the art of this card is, like, absolutely amazing. It's a, it's a, uh, Ithlid and, I don't know, a goblin or a troll. Is it, Uh, is it a tabaxi? No, it's a, it's an orc or a troll, yeah. Yeah, and they're, like, fixing to embrace, like, they're in love. It's, It's so, it's so freaking cute. And Did you read the flavor text? <laughs> I'll read it out loud because it is also very great. True love means always knowing what's on the other's mind. And it's the Ithlid who can read minds. That's See, this is like you want to lick this card. It's so full of flavor. So uh, that concludes the Baldur's Gate top picks from us. While we're here, we'll thus go far. thus far. Well. I'm not doing this again, man. Unless something <laughs> happens where we have to talk about something, but it's not going to be a, a review show. Uh, but while we're, while we're talking about Baldur's Gate, we'll just go ahead and drop the uh, bit of news uh, Watsi let out since the last podcast, which was that the Baldur's Gate set is going to be a little harder for everyone to find than originally expected. Supply Chain Woes has made it uh, so that this set has experienced a lot of production delays. So uh, depending on where you live in the world, you will either be very limited or delayed in regards to uh, you know sealed product for this set. So there'll be a link in the show Eesh. notes so you can look up your region and see how exactly yeah, it will affect you. 
Am I remembering it right that earlier this year they had to make some kind of judgment calls on on which sets to prioritize getting out the right way? And, yeah, they and uh, delay the unset in favor of New Capenna. Well, Kamigawa and New Capenna. Yes. Well, I know that they uh, they had announced, like, officially announced the release date for Infinity and then pushed it back because of that. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, they because of have, these woes. Yeah, and also those woes are why they're charging people more for a sealed product, despite making buckets full of money last year. Spoilers, it's basically everywhere is having some kind of issue with the, the product for Baldur's Gate. So best of luck, everyone. Hope you all get what you want. So let's go ahead and close this puppy down, and uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us, Ben? You can find us on Twitter at... MPG Pod. My personal Twitter is be nice MPG. Uh, if you'd okay. like to write to the show, you can re yeah. write us an email at show at magicprovinggrounds.com. Send us some uh, your questions, send us your ideas. We might be read sh- them. Be sure to tell us how much Ben sucks. Yeah, that seems to be 100% of our emails that we've received. Sorry, man. Online billing is real tough. Yeah. Uh, Keyboard warriors. I've never heard of them. Face. I'll say it to your face. Yeah, okay. you will. Let's uh, hear the music and uh, send this one out. Or, uh-huh. Oh, plug your freezer in. Give me that give me that sweet freezer ASMR. Yeah. Chicken. Come on. I mean frozen chicken. Do it. Seriously, poke it in now. Man, I'm not getting up and doing it because it's real long. I feel like that's pretty good. Do you want me to cut this? I want you to plug in your freezers. Oh my lord. I can't stop laughing. Yeah. If there was some some ASMR freezer noises in there now, yeah, okay. golden. My Give them sweet freezer yeah. noises. Hand them over. It's the creepiest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Hold on, I'm gonna point my mic at the the freezer and then turn on, plug it back in. Give me that chilly wind.